0: Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Monday edition of Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. I'm your Monday host, Jackson Gatlin, also host of Locked On Rockets right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we'll be chatting with Brendan Clean from Locked On Suns to see how the Phoenix Suns could still be in play for Kevin Durant this offseason, what a trade package for KD would look like and how that would impact things moving forward for the Phoenix Suns. Then we chat with Ed Oliver from Locked On Wizards as Bradley Beal has committed committed himself to the Wizards organization for the foreseeable future, signing his Supermax extension. What are the next steps for Beal and for the Wizards to get back to Washington, D.C. playing competitive basketball again? And lastly, we chat with Evan Damarell from Locked On Cavs to see, could the Cleveland Cavaliers be in play for LeBron James a little bit further down the line if things do not work out with the L.A. Lakers? As always, appreciate you for making Locked on NBA your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Joining us now is Brendan Clean from Locked on Suns. You can follow on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Now, Brendan, the Suns were, and possibly still are, the preferred destination for Kevin Durant during the initial point of his trade request with the Brooklyn Nets. But, I mean, things have completely pretty much stalled out on that front. It felt like the entire NBA landscape came to a grinding halt the moment the tr- the KD trade request came out and there was a lot of built up hyper on oh where is he going to land? Phoenix with the front runners all this stuff. And and now it's just feel it feels kind of anticlimactic at this at this point where we're just kind of waiting to see if anything new develops on that front. At this point though, in the aftermath of the DeAndre Ayton signing, the fact that the Pacers maybe threw a gigantic wrench into that possible sign and trade plan, using Ayton to maybe acquire Kevin Durant. What would a KD trade even look like from the Suns right now? What would a, a permutation of that trade look like in your eyes?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting with the Suns because partially as a result of the DeAndre Ayton returning, but also just the nature of their roster when all of this started... We kind of know what their best package is, whereas other teams, whether it's Toronto or Boston or some of these other teams that have some options, we don't know exactly what the end result might be with those negotiations. We kind of know what it'll be for the Suns. And right now, especially with DeAndre now ineligible to be traded until January 15th, it would basically be some combination of Cameron Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, those two. And then the combination part is what other salary, you know, the Suns have options there. And then all the picks four first round picks, three swaps, the max that they're allowed to to send out. And that's kind of what we're looking at. Do the Nets uh well, first do the Suns actually offer that and then next would the Nets actually accept that? And and we kind of know that's where this is headed. And and that's part of what makes this this kind of dead time so peculiar is we know where this is going. Just just get it done. Ask, you know, if you're the Nets, ask for it if you're the Suns. Offer it and let's just get this done. I I know it's more complicated than that, but it kind of doesn't feel like it needs to be. In
0: in your eyes, Brendan, do the Suns have the most attractive offer to like pony up for Kevin Durant? Or do you think that, you know, another team like, you know, Jalen Brown's name was mentioned if you're the Celtics, you know, do you think there's another better offer out there that the Nets have potentially been able to entertain so far to this point? Or do you think it's still Phoenix kind of leading the
1: way? Well, I think. Both parts of your question are are a little bit separate. So one is, I think the Suns' offer is not the best. I think anybody in their right mind who has watched the NBA would say, aside from the contract situation, and that does clutter things up a little bit with Jalen Brown, just that he would be a free agent a little sooner than most of the other players available to the Nets in these talks, he's by far the best player available. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Celtics are – leading the pack. I still feel like the Suns, while their offer might not be the best, they're the most inclined to make that offer, right? We heard with those Celtics talks that they were a little hesitant on Marcus Smart. You know, they might not want to offer a bunch of first round picks. I think the reported offer was only one first round pick. So I think while the Celtics have the best player, that might ultimately become the best package. They're not necessarily encouraged to offer that package in the same way that the Suns are and I do think the desperation has been something I've highlighted throughout this entire process the Suns are not only the place Kevin Durant wants to go they're also the most desperate team to go and get a player like that because of the way their season has ended the past two years
0: that was that was very very much the the next direction I kind of wanted to go with this Brendan is 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 this a Suns team that despite how good they've been a couple seasons in a row now, the way that their season ended, right? This this pretty much is a team that has to do something, right? They, they cannot just be comfortable effectively running things back this next season, right?
1: No, I don't think you can at all. Um, I think last year it was understandable. They made it all the way to the finals. They t- had a lead in the finals. You know, even in the the games four through six that they lost, those were all single-digit losses. You you could make a credible case, hey, we were really that close, you know, and we have this incredible roster. If we run it back, we'll be at the top of the NBA. They were. They were proven right on that. This year, though, I don't think they have a credible argument to make. I think that they already were not necessarily the far-and-away championship favorite even heading into the playoffs, and then they didn't even make it to the third round. So they just, to me, don't have the – high-level talent that some of these other rosters have, whether you're looking at the Clippers or the Warriors or even the Nuggets, potentially, in their own conference. So it's not so much to me that they need to make a change for the sake of making a change. I just don't think that they can be happy with the level of talent that they have right now. As crazy as that is to say about a team that won 64 games, the future for Chris Paul is just too uncertain to rely on. We can be that every year without making improvements. And right now, their roster looks exactly like it did with a few losses, actually, as when they just lost to the Mavs in that game seven.
0: If you're the Suns, how concerned do you maybe have to be, or maybe not concerned at all with just the way that the talks went about with DeAndre Ayton, right? The way that the season kind of ended with him potential, you know, being at odds with, with Monty Williams and, and, you know, kind of having those talks go the way that they did, right? Where, it, you know, you had the Pacers have to come out and, you know, extend the offer. And then the Suns, you know, doing their due diligence, obviously letting him kind of test the market and then they match the offer. But I'm always, you know, curious how, how those things pan out when you have a player rather than the organization putting the onus on themselves, say, hey, we want you here. You're a piece of what we want. But Aiden's names being included in all these trade rumors for Katie, all this, are you worried at all about how that potentially impacts his relationship with the organization moving forward?
1: Well, we should establish first, they absolutely wanted to trade him. So, you know, I think that there might be some rewriting of that narrative. There already has been a little bit by the people within the Suns or maybe Suns, you know, broadcasts or whatever. That word will start to trickle. You know, they made a commitment, they're bringing him back. That means they they really believe in him. It's like, no, they would have traded him if something had came along. I think all the reporting has indicated that all offseason. They're doing everything right since then, though. I mean, James Jones was was a, a constant voice saying, whether it was right after the season, draft night, after the, the deal was finally done to bring Aiton back, that they want, that was priority number one. You know, whether you believe him or not, and I obviously just said I don't, he has maintained that public posture. So that's a good thing, I think, in all. And then after the deal was was finally done, you know, Mark Spears of Anscape does this huge story where he interviews Jones Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton, and they all say the right things, right? You know, we, we obviously, like they didn't deny that there was tension. They explained that they're moving past it. DeAndre Ayton explains, you know, this was a, a really big wake-up call on the business side of all of this, like all this stuff, and and Monty really owned it. Um, so I, I think as, as long as everybody's up front with each other and they know, look, the trade could have happened. It did not happen. We move forward from game seven. And you're here now. Like, I just think that it's kind of, there's no undoing all of that. And as long as everybody's aligned in, in just the facts of the situation, I think it's okay. The one thing I will say is uh, the Suns do need to finally give him the opportunities offensively that he has publicly wanted, that those were the reasons he, I, I, in my assumption, that he pursued other opportunities like a rebuilding team in Indiana was to develop his offensive game. He has always believed he has more. We saw more in college. He's not really been given the freedom to do that with Chris Paul here. So that's the thing I think does need to give. Not that they make a, their offense a post-up offense, but a couple of times a game, give him the chance to prove that he can do that, at least early in the season, and say, okay, you know, you've know, you earned this money, you're on this new contract, we're bringing you here for the four, next four years, You know, show us what you can do. I think that needs to happen, but I think it can and it'll be all right.
0: Could the Phoenix Suns still be in play for Kevin Durant if, if a trade even happens this offseason regarding KD? Will DeAndre Ayton have a bigger role with the Suns coming back this next season after inking his new deal? Of course, you're, you're going to have us cover for all of that and more over at Locked on Suns. Brendan, I appreciate you stopping by Locked on NBA with me.
1: Thanks, Jackson.
0: Coming up, the Washington Wizards have committed themselves to Bradley Beal with the Supermax extension. What are the next steps for the Wizards to take as an organization to get themselves back on the map? But first, a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar, because look, when it comes to protein bars, you've got to check out Built Bar. They're the number one protein bar on the market, and for a very good reason. Every single bar is soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% delicious chocolate. They're not gritty or chalky like other protein bars out there, every single bar is low-cal, sugar, high protein, high fiber. Amazing. If you're on a keto diet, amazing. If you're trying to cut back a little bit, maybe lose a little bit of weight and the flavors they have. You got strawberry, raspberry, salted caramel, cookies and cream, coconut, coconut brownie chunk. That's my personal favorite. You really can't go wrong with a single bar on their menu and you can check them out. Just go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Monday, where we are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked On NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Joining us now from Locked On Wizards is Ed Oliver himself. You can follow him on Twitter at Ed2Flat. That's that's three O's and two T's on the Twitter handle. So look him up on Twitter. Give him a follow for all your Washington Wizards needs. Now, Ed, the Wizards find themselves in kind of this interesting place in the nba landscape right now right they they have gotten the the long-term commitment at least for now it seems from bradley beal he wants to meet in dc wants to win with the wizards you know gets the 250 million dollars supermax extension how important is it that at least again for the time being it looks like beal is bought in to what the wizards want to accomplish
2: Well, yeah, right now, um, I I feel like he's – they are in a weird place. Like you said, they are in somewhat basketball purgatory. Um, He got the uh, 35% of the salary cap. He also has a no trade clause and a 15% trade kicker as well. So basically to show um, somewhat of a long-term commitment there, um, they've dropped their names in the hat for Donovan Mitchell recently. They've dropped their names in the hat for Kevin Durant recently as, as every other team. Um, but yeah, to answer your question about Bradley Bill, um, it's, it's a big year for him and, uh, Chris has Porzingis. Um, but you know, I, I, I it, it's hard to say whether, you know, he took the deal for, you know, the money or to actually win games. You know, he, he's, he's done an interview with Taylor Rook saying that he wants to win, but does, does that, does that, you know, does him saying that really add, match up with, you know, the Wizards competing in the Eastern Conference. You know, there's just some juggernauts in the Eastern Conference. You know Giannis, the Sixers are good. The Heat are going to be good again. The Celtics once again. So the Wizards are just in a weird place. And it's intriguing to see how this, this year plays out if, if Bill and Porzingis can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell's the interesting name here, right? Because it feels like you know so many different teams have inquired about picking him up. You got the Knicks have shown interest, the Charlotte Hornets have shown interest, the Wizards. Right. What to you would would look like an acceptable trade package? Because it feels like Danny Ainge is just trying to fleece whoever he can for, for Donovan Mitchell at this point. And so I think a lot of teams are really wary of being the team that gets kind of, uh, you know, taken advantage of by Danny Ainge. What to you would would you feel comfortable with the Wizards giving up to get Bradley Beal, a backcourt partner like Donovan Mitchell?
2: Yeah, I know the fit is is a little wonky because they're both shooting guards at both uh, two two guards that are under six, four. But the talent is just it would be unmatched. Um, Donovan Mitchell is an explosive player. He really is. And you look at the Rudy Gobert trade. You see what the um, what the Timberwolves got, or you know that that trade that the, that the Jazz got from the Timberwolves, you know multiple picks, three, four first round picks. You could you you, you can imagine what they would want for Donovan Mitchell. So the Wizards don't even have you know assets, or they don't even have access to their picks because their their picks are a lot of protected and tied you know for the stipian rule to what the the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks own the rights to the pick right now, the twenty twenty three pick. That uh, the Wizards have, you know, from the Russell Westbrook trade for John Wall in that first round pick, so it's it's really hard for them to even trade their picks at the moment. Uh, but you know, they would have to give up. They probably have to give up one of the young three guys in Denny Rui or um, Corey Kispert. Um, most likely Kyle Kuzma and some other guys will Barton Monty Morris. They can't even trade those guys until August because they just signed them. So. The Wizards don't really have a lot of assets compared to the Knicks. The Knicks have multiple first-round picks, so the Knicks are really the front runner. Um, but I, if they could keep Porzingis somehow and have Bill and Donovan Mitchell, that would be an a, an explosive, high-octane, very high potent offense with those three guys. I would be highly intrigued with those guys. It just depends on what you ha- you would have to give up. But um, I, I definitely, if the Wizards gave up, you know, three first-round picks and a young guy and Kyle Kuzma. And, and another veteran, then I would definitely be for that because right now with this roster, they have a lot of good guys, but and they, they need to consolidate. Also, I think they have a lot of guys at the same level compete. There's there's a log jam at the forward spot, and I think Donovan Mitchell will help them consolidate. And they the top end talent would be really good in the Eastern Conference. Those three guys, Bradley Bill, Donovan Mitchell, and Chris Paul Porzingis, I think they would be a competitive three uh, three guys uh, competing in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, I think that 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 trio might leave some questions to be desired as far as, you know, defensively. Defense, yeah, defense, but, for sure. but, you know, the offensive side of things would definitely be intriguing, to say the least. And, you know, it would be a lot of firepower on that team if they could pull something like that off. But, you know, looking at just right, you mentioned, you know, the, the Wizards kind of almost maybe not maybe not purgatory, right? But they're just in this awkward spot in the NBA, right? And, you know, you're trying to figure out what direction you go with. Locking down Bradley Beal was the the step in the right direction, but the subsequent steps after that are so important. How, how much of this falls on Bradley Beal's shoulders to really reach out and start kind of networking, right? And trying to find, you know, players, the top end talent that maybe want to come play with him in DC. Cause we see it's such a players driven league, right? We see guys who decide they want to go play with XYZ player all the time. We see these guys, you know, teaming up across the NBA landscape. How much of the onus is now on Bradley Beal, right? He got the money. He's locked down long-term got the no trade clause, all that, right? This is his wizards team moving forward. How much of that then falls on him to go out there and kind of talk to some guys and be like, Hey, like, come team up with me in DC. Like we got something good going on here.
2: Yeah, he's, he's tried. Um, He actually was tied to bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie last year, but that didn't work out at all. Um, But he's tried the wizards for some reason. um, I mean, you can obviously look at it. They're just not a, they're not a free agent destination. Uh, They haven't been for years. And um, you know, you you think DC's, you know, you would think it's a national market. I mean, a guy and Kevin Durant, Who's from the area, from the, the D.C. Maryland Virginia area, was, was you know born in Texas but born and raised in Maryland, P.G. County, Maryland. So he didn't even sit down and have a meeting with the Wizards when the Wizards were at that peak, we're at their peak with John Wall and Bradley Bill in 2017. And right now they're a middling team. Like you said, they 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 somewhat are in purgatory. They're not bad enough to get a top five pick. Say like the Rockets are rebuilding right now. They're getting top five picks, you know, multiple years, and they, they're getting good young talent the wizards aren't bad enough to get those those guys like Jalen green and jabari smith and they're they're not good enough right now to really compete in the eastern conference and get past the first or second round at the moment so they are they are in basketball purgatory but um, right now bradley bill he, he has tried he's trying um some of it is on ownership some of it, some of it is on the gm i think it's, it's not just on bradley bill's shoulders for sure it is on ted leonsis um but they, they just have not been an attractive free agent now kyle kuzma he's been recruiting guys he he recruited delon wright To come to D.C., he played with Delon Wright at at Utah University, so he's somewhat had some parts of recruiting, but Brad Brad has tried, but nobody nobody wants to come to D.C. right now. It's just not an attractive um, destination. It really hasn't been for the last 30 years since they won a championship in 1978.
0: So then, maybe this this is already the answer to this question. But you know, what to you does a successful season look like for the Wizards? Right? We talk about them. You know, they're not quite not quite bad enough to get that really high top end lottery talent. Not quite maybe good enough right now talent on paper that is to to be definitively like in the play in tournament talks or kind of like the lower end of the spectrum as far as you know playoffs go. But they've got a lot of interesting talent on the team. So what to you do they have to put together to then for you to walk away for other people to walk away? for the fans to walk away and say, you know what, this was a good season?
2: Um, obviously be competitive. I think they, they would have to not be in the plan. I think right now they certainly could be a playing team for sure, like eight through 10. But let's say if they get like a seventh or a sixth seed, if they get a sixth seed or a fifth seed, I think that would definitely be above expectations. I know the over-under per bet online line is like 35 and a half, which is, which is pretty low. Um, but Porzingis, if he can play more than just 60 games, and play like he did in the last 17 games of the year. Porzingis, he looked like the Knicks. Porzingis. He really was dominating and taking over games. So they really are banking on Chris As Porzingis being healthy. They're banking on Bradley Bill, of course. Kyle uh, Kyle Kuzma's gonna have to step up and play well like he did in the last, the second half of the year. Kyle Kuzma had a, had an amazing season last year. He, he was super clutch. Um, but I would just say, you know, they have to improve defensively. West until Jr. A lot of a lot of a lot of the um a lot of the season is gonna be on, on West Huntsville Jr.'s uh, shoulders for sure but bradley bill has to he has to play like the all-star that he was in 2021 he did not play well last year he said it himself you know he, he had career lows in, in three-point percentage uh career lows and field goal percentage since 2017 had a lot of turnovers in the clutch he led the league in turnovers in, in in the clutch before he was injured um he misses he misses free throws frequently in the clutch as well some technical foul free throws that he that he leaves uh, leaves points on the board so he really has to improve in the clutch and for him to show that he deserved that that contract that he got 35% of the salary cap it really it really he really needs to show out in those last two minutes of the game that that's really where he has left some points on the board where he's turned the ball over and it fell and tripped over his feet and and other things like that and then Chris F. Porzingis like I said he has to have a big year And the two the two nugget additions Will Barton and Monte Morris they're going to be huge Denny Avdi as well I'm not going to leave him out Rui Corey they have to show some promise they have to show a leap. This is a big year for Denny Abdi. He's been working out with Drew Han- Hanlon. He's going to be playing in um, the Israel uh, national basketball team with them this summer. Porzingis is going to be playing with, La- with Latvia as well, um, playing in the FIBA league. Um, Denny plays, I want to say he plays against Auburn tomorrow at 1 o'clock on SEC Network, if, you, if, he, if, if anyone wants to check that out. Uh, but it's a big year for those guys. Denny Rui and Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma. Those those lottery picks that we that we've gotten. Dale Gafford as well. I'm not going to leave him out either. Um, but they're they're going to have to step up. The young guys are going to have to step up and really contribute. They've been solid players, but they haven't shown any blue chip potential. They haven't shown any All Star potential at all. And all of them do. They do well at one thing, and then they'll one is one guy's good at offense. One guy's bad. Rui's Rui's good offensively. He's bad defensively. Denny's Denny's really good defensively, but he struggles offensively. And Corey Kispert is a shooter and he he struggled with that at times. So they, the young guys are going to really be a key key part in in the wizard success.
0: Will the Wizards be on the upswing this next season? Can some of those young prospects start showing some of their talent? Can they piece it all together? Will they start to coalesce? And can Bradley Beal put Washington back on the map? Can he make Washington a free agent destination moving forward? Can the Wizards kind of piece it all together next season? You're going to have us covered for all that and more over at Locked On Wizards. Ed, I appreciate you stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Thanks for having me. Coming up, could the kid from Akron be headed home to the Cleveland Cavaliers? We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on NBA Monday. As always, we appreciate you for making Locked on NBA your first listen each and every day joining us now is evan Damarell from locked on Cavs. you can follow him on the bird app on twitter at amnotevan. evan now evan it's the time of the offseason right speculation is running rampant and there's a lot going on with the los angeles lakers right now that organization has a lot to try and figure out before this next season and because of that there is some speculation about what whether or not lebron james's future is actually going to be in la right now he's able to, if he wants to, to sign a two year, almost a hundred million dollar extension has yet to do that because let's face it, the future in LA seems rather uncertain about whether or not that team has played, you know, its last game of meaningful basketball, if they're going to be able to resolve the Russell Westbrook situation and as is want to do at this point in the offseason, You know, we're kind of looking at this as, well, what would the next chapter possibly be for LeBron James with Bronny Jr. making his way into the NBA about a year from now? What could that potentially look like? What teams might be in the running for uh, acquiring King James's future services? And the Cavaliers seem to be a really interesting option to maybe have, you know, James return to Cleveland for not the second time, but now the third time coming back. What would be, I mean... What would a return to Cleveland even mean for LeBron James, his legacy, and kind of where this Cavs team kind of currently find themselves with, with this young core that they have?
3: Well, to be frank, if they can't match Genie Bus's offer of a free PlayStation 5, I don't know if <laughs> anyone really can at this point. But... It's it's an interesting thought exercise. I think it's something that's kind of certainly been on the minds of Cavs fans, especially during All-Star when LeBron was more than being calculated with his comments. I think it was more so his frustrations with the Lakers and just how that season was going in general. And I think him just kind of waxing poetic about his time with the Cavaliers in Cleveland and just, you know, him kind of, in theory, being back home really led to that rampant speculation. But a lot of folks have said at this point, myself included, and rather in written form or verbal form, that the longer this drags out and let's be frank like thursday he was eligible to sign that extension to the lakers by no means that's a deadline at this point i I think he has till june 4th of next year off the top of my head so anything can happen between now and then but this is definitely a lebron play i think this is him maximizing leverage like you said trying to figure out maybe the situation of the lakers because i do think he wants to stay there but if he did come back to the Cavs, it would certainly be interesting i i wonder if you're cleveland let's be frank any team in the league is going to be willing to have lebron james but maybe you don't want to mess up a good thing you have going here There is. this is a Cavs team that certainly takes a lot of pride in the fact that they very well could be the first team since the 97 98 cavaliers a, 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 t- a time when most of the team wasn't even alive at that point um could make the playoffs without lebron on their roster which is huge but if he were to come back, I wouldn't say it's ring-chasing necessarily. I think I made the argument at least because it was in my write-down newsletter. I had a listener or a reader um, ask a question about it. And I said, I think this would be, at least in theory, one of the more talented teams he's been on. I mean, that first stint with the Lakers when he had all those young talent, and then that obviously consolidated the AD, like that. that was a pretty talented team too. So... It it'd be interesting in terms of legacy, if he could squeeze out a championship or two, that'd be great. But I think Cleveland fans would just be happy to be like a consistent, like at least considered a consistent playoff, possibly title threat, because let's be frank, LeBron's going to be entering his 40s pretty soon. But I'm, I, I remain of the opinion that he'll ultimately go back with the Lakers, wait till Bronny is draft eligible, and then it, it will be a ultimate free-for-all between all 30 teams in the league to try and get LeBron to come to their team. Because I think if you draft Bronny, you may punch your ticket into getting one uh, King James on your roster as well.
0: Yeah, it kind of seems like that might just be like a two for one <clears throat> sale at that point where it's like, all right, if you can draft Bronny Jr., then you're you're basically you've, you've guaranteed yep. yourself, you know, one season of LeBron James, at least so that he can play alongside his his son as that kind of father son duo in the league. And but I do wonder, Evan, right, like, you know, following the, the, you know, this thought exercise. Right. Let's say that team that lands Bronny Jr. would be the Cavaliers. Right. And mm-hmm. LeBron's like, all right, I'm coming home. I want to come play with my son. Would you be at all worried that that would be. You know that there would maybe be more like fanfare associated with that almost like a farewell season rather than you know bringing him back for the opportunity to actually play really high level competitive basketball or at least looking at it through the lens of you know if you were to make that financial commitment right to James to, to sign him to a max deal to bring him back even if he were to come back to you know play with his son something like like that in your mind is there maybe a better use of like that cap allocation if you're the Cavaliers rather than you know risking it on LeBron James kind of in the twilight of his career I know that it's it's tough to say the twilight of LeBron's career when he puts up the numbers that he did last season and doesn't really he shows some signs of slowing down but he's still able to do some absurd things at 37 Mm -hmm. years old so I mean is there anybody else that you maybe have on your radar do you think that would be the right decision for the Cavaliers if LeBron was like yes I want to come home
3: I think LeBron should be your option. I think the fact that LeBron is a bit of a corny dude, he likes the legacy aspect of his career. I think him playing with his son isn't by any means corny. And like you said, there might be some fanfare with it. At least if you draft Bronny and stash him with the Cleveland charge, you'll be able to sell out your G League games and probably your your actual main club games too, which would be kind of neat to see. But I, I think LeBron would always be your option one. Yes, he is getting older and physically he may start to break down a little bit like we saw the groin issues early on with los angeles the high ankle sprain that he dealt with for the better part of his time at the lakers too like there's there's some obvious signs of him slowing down physically which is still surreal to think and also just crazy because he's almost in his 40s he's in his late 30s and we're starting to finally see a little bit of the cracks in his Physique, which is just a testament to his ability as a player. But I wrote about this a little bit. I think a player that the Cavs kind of kicked, bounced around at least name-wise before he had just an absurd playoff run and then helped the Warriors win the finals. So this is Andrew Wiggins. I think that's a player that they're kind of exploring the idea of maybe when he was viewed more as like a, not like an albatross, but he was viewed as a solid two-way player at the Warriors. Now like he's really taken that dramatic leap with Golden State. I think if you're just kind of being one of the buzzers that are circling the Warriors, just having to pay... Everybody on the roster, and I think Golden State will try and make the effort to keep Wiggins because he is an all-star caliber forward. And he could be a part of that young core long-term as well. But you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Jordan Poole down the line, Draymond wants top dollar. I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to be a very good player down the line, too. And you have to be kind of worried about the future financial commitments. And Warriors ownership's made to be like crystal clear at this point that they don't want to foot the salary the luxury tax bill when it comes time to pay uh the pauper at that point. So that's a player definitely keeping worth an eye on. And I think as well maybe Kyle Kuzma too just because it may not be a popular name amongst camps fans but my, my co-host Chris Manning kind of put this bug in my ear probably back when Kyle Kuzma kind of became mayor of Cleveland when he owned them with the Wizards for a hot second but He makes a lot of sense theoretically because the Cavs are playing Larry Markkinen at the three right now and we don't we all we all cannot lie to ourselves here and just say Larry Markkinen traditionally is in three and Kyle Kuzma is more of a tweener but a bigger body and kind of fits the identity of what the Cavs want to do there's some interesting playmaking chops I think the shootings there I think there's the rebounding the size the physicality is definitely there too and I think. That would be fun, but I would, I would maintain the stance that LeBron is your option A, and maybe, like I said, if you're the charge, you, or the Cavs, you just sign Bronny to a two-way deal. Maybe C, he ends up being a, a dude worth investing your time and energy with, but at least you have him under cost-control contract, you get his dad back, and then you can sell the heck out of the new jerseys with the either the six or the 23 on it we'll see which one he kind of goes with there but it'd be it'd be fun but i think wiggins makes sense i think kuzma makes sense if chris middleton for some reason doesn't like it in milwaukee he makes a ton of sense in cleveland i think the Cavs keeping their powder dry next off season and maybe looking at one of those high-end wings or just allocating those funds to address some more depth concerns especially on the perimeter would be a smart way to go about it because you really can't kick the can down the road and I stress this in my article like let's say LeBron signs a one-on-one with the Lakers you can't punt to next the following offseason say okay well, we'll wait for LeBron again because the time's kind of now for this Cavs team it is and it isn't they're young but you want to build upon success of last season so you don't want to say like okay LeBron's are saving grace and I think that's the nice thing for this Cavs team is you don't really need LeBron to be your saving grace in order to build upon the success there's other avenues to look at it
0: yeah, this was a Cavs team that found a, a lot of success, even in just the rookie year of Evan Mobley, and that's you know bound to hopefully be able to keep building upon that success moving forward. And one of the kind of dominoes that has yet to fall in Cleveland is what's going on with Colin Sexton. What's the latest with him? Are we gonna see Sexton ink a deal anytime soon with the Cavaliers? Evan, and you know what? What do you want to see ultimately happen as far as that relationship is concerned?
3: It's it's complicated. Um, I always tell folks it's a lot like a long vacation. It's a lot to unpack when you really want to break down the uh, semantics of it. But again, my co-host Chris Manning pointed this out in written form. It through the sword that it's now two off seasons. The Cavs have at least express the lip service that they want to sign Colin and bring him back on some type of contract, but they really haven't made like a concerted effort to do it right away. Like Jared Allen, he was an unrestricted free agent, but it, all indications were he was going to come back, but the Cavs locked him up right away. They didn't let him test the waters of free agency. Um, Darius Garland, it took a few days in a free agency, but he signed his rookie scale max extension. Um, Evan Mobley down the line, you're going to see that as well. But like Colin, it's a little complicated. And I think a lot of it does come down to money where, sexton in his camp at least last season they were offered a deal that was roughly like 18.5 million with incentives and he wanted to be paid starting guard bunny which is 20 million plus so he bet on himself and unfortunately blew out his knee he the Cavs, <clears throat> at least i thought at the time oh that was really going to rock the boat on their season colin sexton is like a really key piece for them but they kept on winning they were almost in the playoffs they're two wins in the playing tournament away from making the playoffs so like those are some pretty strong arguments if you're the Cavs to say like hey we don't have to pay you twenty million dollars. We can offer you thirteen million, which is right up against the luxury tax threshold. Because this is a Cavs team that shouldn't pay the luxury tax for this roster just quite yet. So it's a little awkward. It's a little just icky at this point. Uh, Shams Charania noted that Sexton and his camp are kind of comfortable with this dragging out in a training camp and possibly into the beginning of the season. I believe he has until early October to kind of come to terms on and either take the qualifying offer or not, but the Cavs can extend that deadline and he can ask to have it extended as well if they're still negotiating things. Ultimately, I would like to think he comes back. I think the Cavs putting so much just lip service on the fact that like, hey, we view Colin as a key cultural piece. We view him as the guy who kind of started this rebuild or renaissance, whatever you want to call it. We view him as X, Y, Z, but maybe he's not the face of the franchise guy. He's not a key core piece at this point. But, like, he is a strong complementary guard. And he kind of figured it out from there. But it's Colin. I mean, if I was Colin, I'd want top dollar for myself, too. I would be saying, like, yeah, that's great. I'd love to come and stay in Cleveland, too. But I want to make sure I take care of myself, too. Because... You already had one chance of financial security uh in your face and you bet on yourself and unfortunately didn't work out you don't want to do it a second time soon to maximize your earnings and potential so i think this is going to drag out where like you and i talked about before we started recording this is the dog days of the off season so maybe something comes to fruition before camp but rich paul's done this in the past to the cast tristan thompson's dragged out his contract negotiations through training camp and the preseason and then he signed a deal i think right before the season opened. Smith really drag things out and lebron had to kind of put public the pressure on the front office in order to happen make it happen so rich Paul is a type of agent who will maximize his clients earnings and this is just classic negotiation and i had it described to me as a staring contest the other day and i think at this point you're just waiting for someone to blink and blink at least blink hard enough that the other team other side can just take advantage of that and swoop in and maybe get a deal done
0: Could the kid from Akron be headed home to the Cleveland Cavaliers a little bit further down the line, depending on how things play out in L.A. And, of course, where Bronny Jr. gets drafted. Also, how does the staring contest play out between the Cavaliers and Colin Sexton? You're going to have us covered for all of that and more over at Locked On Cavs. Evan, I appreciate you stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for another Monday edition of Locked on NBA. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on NBA, the biggest story with the local experts.